what is up everyone we know the last thing you need is another fitness podcast quote unquote to catch you up on the newest trends and fad diets that are based on popular opinion and not research and actual evidence enter myself mariana we're here we made fitness stuff for normal people podcasts to make exercise and nutrition science practical our goal is to expose misinformation in the industry by providing only evidence-based education where today we are covering the coveted 1200 calorie diets we're going to cover a tiktok video where we saw a what i eat in a day 1200 calories see if there's any legitimacy to it because you know mariana and i we're very partial we don't say always and never almost never so <laughs> we're going to cover this and go into a couple different factors that play into the rule of if the 1200 calorie diet is right for you probably not but before we get started as a friendly reminder this show is free it always will be free it's our part and passion to bring zero cost to consumer education to as many people as we possibly can. We like to remind you guys the easiest way that you can support us outside than just sharing the show on social media is to simply just give this show a five-star rating on whatever you're watching. A thumbs up on YouTube, five stars on Spotify, on Apple. That pushes it to more people, which helps us accomplish our goal. And it's the easiest way to support if you're looking for a way. And we appreciate every single person who has done so because it's a little overwhelming how many people rush to do so. So thank you guys so, so freaking much, especially on Apple the actual five-star reviews that you guys left comments on are so freaking sweet. So nice. So sweet. So we want to say thank you for that and everything that you do in listening. Now, before we jump into it, watch and pull up the video. Miss Mariana, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm trucking along. How do you say along. it like that? I'm trucking hurt? along. Um, yeah, got my wisdom teeth out three days ago and we're filming our second podcast today. So we're starting to we're starting to feel it a little bit, but we're good. In my head, I was like, she should be good. But I forgot uh, this is going to sound so stupid because I just didn't think about it. I'm like, I forget how much you use your mouth to talk on po right? like an audio-based platform. <laughs> Even if you're good, you're still talking so much more than usual. Mm -hmm. So we're trucking along. Yeah. Good news is this probably shouldn't be the longest episode in the world, but why don't we pull up the clip that you found? It's a what I eat in a day, which if you're unfamiliar is when... Creator, anybody just pulls up and pretty much takes you along a video of showing them exactly what they eat from when they wake up to when they go to bed. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's pull that up. And there's so many of these. Like we just, there's so many. This is just a recent one. Mm -hmm. And it's what I eat for 1200 calories in a day. I'm going to skip a few parts, but we'll get to the important pieces. What I eat for 1200 calories today when I want to have a reset day, we're starting it up. It's also a reset day. Just a reset day. Just Makes a it even, reset. I like it even more instantly. Off at the gym and we're doing intermittent fasting today. Come back, have my coffee, a little bit of brown sugar and oat milk. There's just about 80 calories in that cup. And then I was on the go this morning. I didn't get the chance to have a proper breakfast. I'm having this protein bar for 200 calories. And before we continue on, just Sorry, a very casual hard. lunch break, you know, totally normal. Pretty big plate of okay. tofu. Since I didn't get the chance to have a proper breakfast, I'm having a pretty big plate of tofu, brown rice, and veggies and nice. This is takeout. Just disclaimer there. Takeout, tofu, rice, veggies, and some, honestly, this looks so good. But little balance. I want to make and I love my Coke Zero. Good thing it is zero calories. I'm also a dessert freak, so I have to finish it off with some sort of like sweetness. I'm having dark chocolate. Three bars of that was 150 calories for dinner. I'm very embarrassed to show you guys this, but I did not feel like cooking, so we're having watermelon and a lebna sandwich. A very very random. I'm gonna show you what. That sounds like a good breakfast for me. The entire yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> the entire day. Just for clarity, this is the video where it's gonna propose a lot of problems, but. This is not an uncommon style of video or style of dieting. If you've never heard of it before, it's very common among 
especially women and young women, I think, I mean, even elderly, like a lot of people in general see 1200 and I see a lot of coaches and trainers too prescribe 1200 calorie diets to lose weight. I can't believe it's right? still a it, thing. Blows my mind. But it's, it's very common, right? So Would you common. say like you see it quite a bit? Yeah. I don't really understand where it can, like, obviously this is rooted in like diet. This has been around for a while, this 1200 calorie thing. I don't know how it started, but it's been around forever. Like this idea. That, what? Like I'm, is, I'm sitting weird. here like, like one out of a thousand or 800 or 15. Like why, I wonder where 1200 really came from, but it is weird. Cause that's a number that sticks. It's a number that sticks. And that's for some reason, the one that kind of keeps coming back, keeps coming back. I think I have an idea why it might stick is because if you actually could eat 1200 calories a day, you will lose weight fast. Fast. You will lose weight fast. And please don't stop fast. listening to the episode now because that is very misleading if you just stop listening right now. You will lose weight fast if you ate 1200. So I'm guessing that's what maybe sticks with it is that's just for some reason number where people might do it for a week. Notice they drop five or six pounds. Say, hey, this worked for me. This worked for me. So people see that and they kind of get in that cycle, right? But we're going to dissect Which is this in the beginning, think- it's mostly water weight anyway. Like this is similar. You're not fasting, but you are... Oh my God, for a lot of people eating like half the amount, especially if you're active. Oh my God. I think I was like 17 when I first saw this. Like, I'm going to try it. Playing volleyball every single day, like going to school. And I tried it, I think for two days and I passed out. Like I literally fainted and I was so mad with myself for not being able to do it. One, yes, I was still six feet tall in high school, but also training heavy, like twice a day going to practice. I can't even believe how I rationalized the shit out of it. I was like, yeah, this is what I need to be doing. It's something that again, it sticks and you see what it needs to do. Now, I think here's what we're going to dissect. We've talked about this on a previous episode, but a big problem in the fitness industry, the health, the nutrition industry as a whole, if we're looking at like the principles, the root of these problems, right? The principles are that a lot of people think in terms of static, not dynamic problems or single level versus multi-level. Or another good worm would be like action and not interaction. Mm-hmm. All these different things where it's like the action itself of eating 1200 calories, your weight will drop very fast. But they forget about the interaction with your life of can you do this for longer than a week or two or three without binging and falling off? Can you do it without being completely miserable, starving, damaging to like endocrine hormone function, recovery, sleep, all these things? that interact with your life, no one looks at. They look at action, not interaction. I think that would be one of the big problems with this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the majority of adult, both men and women, need more than 1,200 calories a day to do absolutely nothing, to sustain life. To sit on the couch and just not die. Then think about everything else you're doing in a day. That's the root of the problem. Because again, and because we want to highlight this and we want to be as transparent, as honest as possible. If you could eat 1,200 calories a day, every day for 30 days, you would drop weight so freaking fast, unbelievably Mm -hmm. fast. Even if you consider yourself a smaller, less active person, you would drop, right? That is undoubtedly you would drop. Now, what we want to do, because I think a lot of people hear that and they get frustrated. They're like, well, not me. I do that. I've tried that and it doesn't work. Or that's the only way I can do it. That's why I do it is the only way I can. So we want to explain why this kind of is, because there's a few different reasons and it all happens in the interaction zone not the action zone, right? For why this might have a problem to it. The one thing is like you just said, one, most people, 
need much more than that just to survive, mm-hmm. right? Their BMR, right? Not even their total daily energy expenditure, which is the food they digest, the need of the non-exercise movement, any exercise, but just their basal metabolic rate to keep them alive. They need much more than that just on average to live. Now, here's where there's a few problems. We're going to deconstruct this one at a time. The first one that pops in my head is the thought that meaningful weight loss, which is what most people are aiming for, is meaningful, meaning it's significant and it lasts forever, right? A long time. Meaningful weight loss, we know, takes significant time. Not in the scale of days to weeks, but months to sometimes even a year plus. Yeah. Right? Depending on how much you have to lose, right? Significant and meaningful weight loss does that. Now, here's the biggest problem we see in this profession when we look at people who try and do this 1200 calorie diet or struggle to lose weight when they do try the 1200 calorie diet. It's not something, and this is where the interaction piece gets so just ridiculous, is because it interferes with your sleep, your recovery, your energy your focus. It makes your job worse, your relationships worse. It just dampens pretty much every area of life when you eat that little. And that's something that no matter how motivated you are or how much willpower you have, most people cannot sustain that for longer than a week, maybe two without falling off or overeating or binging or staying consistent with it. And that's the problem is a calorie deficit, that thing that you need to lose weight, isn't just on a 24 hour cycle. It doesn't just reset at midnight. It's something that is continued over time. Yeah. I think that's the first thing that sticks out to me at least. Yeah. And something I think that's very telling if everyone could do this, then so the, I mean, the rates of anorexia nervosa are so high, but there is a certain level of difficulty for the the average healthy person without anorexia, which is a mental health disorder that cannot sustain that low of a calorie deficit for that long because your brain quite literally does not allow you to that that's something that i think people do not understand especially eating disorders there's so much that people do not understand about them but there is a chemical issue that allows you to sustain eating very 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 little to no food every single day for months to years on end that is actually difficult to do. It's not a choice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that can maybe help put it into perspective, especially when you take into account like thinking, no, I do this. This is me. Yeah. You probably don't. You probably aren't doing that. I think this is where we're talking about that cognitive bias, right? That we were, we were mentioning beforehand. This is usually when it kicks in. Now, a cognitive bias is essentially, I'm trying to think the best quick way to explain it if you're unfamiliar with them. It's essentially a flawed mechanism of thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the best way to describe like a cognitive bias? It's like a flawed method of thinking. Yeah. Like it's, it's getting from point A to point C with skipping point B, right? You can't just do that. You have to go Mm -hmm. in order, right? That's how you think. But cognitive bias are certain ways where it might seem like you're thinking correctly, but you're not. I think that's a big one that comes up when people think that they're eating this much is, and we couldn't find the exact name for this, but a lot of the times people remember, and every, I think almost everyone's guilty of this, myself and oh, yeah. you can pretty much identify a spot in your life where you are, right? You think that your actions in the past were somewhat better than they actually were. And this isn't even just something that's very common with people who try and do this 1200 calorie diet, but this is something that I have to do with my clients. And I think is so, so helpful with the app that we use and Trainerize on tracking, if you track nutrition and training, is it gives you a log 
and shows you how consistent you actually did what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Right. So if over the like a course of 30 days, our goal was to hit 20 workouts and stick to your, this calorie intake for 30 days, you might think in your head at the end of the 30 days, if I say, Hey, how did you do? You're like, man, I killed it. I think I only missed a day or two. But when we look back at the actual actions, your brain tends to cover up the spots that you might've missed. Or when you didn't live up to the potential that your brain thinks it is, it covers those up. It creates a blind spot where if you mm -hmm. look back, it's like, Oh, you only hit your nutrition 18 out of 30 days, pretty much half the days that we thought we said we did. And you only worked out 12 out of the 20 times we said, so almost half. You were half as consistent as we needed to be to really see progress. But, and this is the crazy part about that cognitive bias, when, they, when someone tells you they did something, they're not lying. No. Their brain in their head, they actually think they did. And same in myself. If I track my consistency, I'll probably give you a number that's higher than it actually is. And I'm not lying to you. I'm truly trying to remember, and I think I did really well, but when you actually look at your track record, you don't do as well. And it's a very hard pill for people to swallow sometimes. Yeah. And then there's also, and I think that this happens, this is a big issue with calorie counters that have you put in your activity level or for people who believe like exercise movement cancels out food. It's okay. Well, I overate that much, but I also went to the gym today. So I'm not going to count that because mm -hmm. that cancels that out. Or this was at this time of day. No, it's all still there. Mm -hmm. It's not like you sit down and choose to do this. And you truly believe, okay, this is how much I ate. Yeah. Or if you add an extra, I mean, oh my God, I will sit down and eat peanut butter by the jar. I love it. But if you are really need to lose a significant amount of weight for your health and you're like, oh, I'm just going to have an extra like two spoonfuls of peanut butter, but I'm not going to count that. Like little mm -hmm. things like that, which is okay. Again, I'm not saying that that's bad, but choosing to forget those little tiny details can account for the reason why you're not making any progress. Big time. And it's easy to overlook. That. It's easy where it's like in the moment you're doing something a little wrong, but it's way easy. It's so easy to justify that. And yeah. I think this is even an important note. If you're listening and you're like, I would never do a 1200. You might be a guy. You might, you know, you just might be big. You're like, I would never do that. This is a cognitive bias that shows up in any area of life. In my professional life at work, I'll think I had better performance in the past month than I actually did consistency in the gym, even if you're trying to gain weight, if you're eating more calories, you're going to have that same bias that it's very important to call yourself out on in order to get past it. So I think that's a big first problem. Now, I think a nice segue for this is one that we've brought up on this before. And this one also hurts as well. I think it's important to remember the goal of this, right? Instead of just being frustrated on why it's not working. Yeah. The goal of this is to figure out why it's not working so we can find a solution that is working because there and, is a solution and it, it shouldn't it work. Exists. It shouldn't work. 1200 calories a day. That means that your body is working properly and giving you the correct signal. Well, the goal is to figure out why this doesn't work so we can figure out the actual solution. So remember yeah. that, right? This might be frustrating to hear is, Oh, maybe I'm, I'm not lying to myself. I'm not, who cares if you are, or you aren't, once you figure it out, you can be better. I yeah. think that's the big point. Say, yeah. And there's no shame around. People on. do it all the time. I will think back. Oh, I only had like yeah. two glasses of wine. No, you had the whole bottle. No, I think I only had two. It's, it's part of being human. <laughs> exactly. I think piece in that is another plot might be coming in is like, I really don't lie. I really hit 1200. Just because you're tracking 1200 calories does not mean you are consuming 1200 calories a day. That's a big one. I think this is one that we saw in that video that you played up front. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She was tracking 1200, but that takeout food that she was eating, how many calories do you think that was probably closer to just looking at it? Probably between 800 and 1,000, maybe more. 
800, 1,000. Mm-hmm. Even if they list the calories of these foods on a menu or online, oftentimes they're not taking into account cooked versus uncooked. They're not weighing – whoever's preparing that, it's just based off of the food. They're not weighing their portions. They're not – you add in a sauce, okay, and then their last meal drizzled on olive oil. There was no weighing that. Okay, that can make it difference of yeah. like 500, it, 600. These no, aren't things you is, should get too caught up in like on a daily basis yeah. because – but it, it makes a difference. <laughs> I was going to say, because all, all these things right now that we're saying – sound annoying as hell. They're like, oh, shut up. I have to track this. I track that. We're just highlighting why this is the truth. Yeah, it's just the truth. Like you can't, people take things so personally all the time nowadays. And it's it's not even meant to be offensive to this person, which again, we took the liberty to call someone out. Like, yeah, okay. But a lot of people believe this and a lot of people do this. It's nothing wrong with you. It just- What's more productive? You understanding that moving path? Because we've all done it. We've all caught ourselves. We're like, oh- I was doing this thing super wrong. But mm-hmm. once you understand that and move past, that's productive. That's what you should do. Yeah. So if any of these do stings a little bit, maybe that probably means maybe lean should. into it a little bit more. Like, Pay attention to it. Being like, honest with yourself hurts sometimes. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Wise words from Pharrell. The truth <laughs> will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. So that's a big one. And I know we brought up this study before, the one from the University of Columbia and the obese individuals, there's like 224 obese individuals who were self-reporting tracking 1200 calorie intakes per day. Now, this is unethical. you would lose weight very, 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 very fast if you were eating 1200 calories a day alone, let alone if you are in the obese category, your BMR, your overall output would be so significantly higher. You would be dropping fast. Mm-hmm. You'd be dropping weight fast. But These were 224 individuals who were self-reporting 1,200 calories per day, but were not losing weight. So of course, what do they do? These people then started self-diagnosing things like hypothyroidism, metabolic damage or disease, things like this. That's like, well, 1,200 calories, I should be losing weight. You hear this, I'm doing it, but I'm not losing weight. Something must be wrong with me. And I promise most of the time, it's not. It's an overwhelming amount of time, it's not. I just had a little epiphany here too. Think mm-hmm. about if you had to tell your doctor, your friend, your someone you knew how much you ate in a day, the calories that think about telling them that versus having that person follow you along with what you ate in a day. Would you be just as, would you feel just as comfortable doing that? Cause it would be exactly the same. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. But again, same thing. So they self-diagnose, which again, this is that cognitive bias of, I think I'm doing better, whatever, because they probably know if they look back, they might not have. But anywho, the researchers followed these individuals and accurately tracked what they were actually consuming in a day. And they found that on average, do you remember those numbers? On average, these individuals were under-reporting from anywhere from 1,000 to 1,600 calories per day. Under-reporting. And that was average, not the high end, the average. Meaning tracking 1,200, real intake 2,800 calories, somewhere close to there on the average side, which would easily erase any sort of deficit that might be causing weight loss. That was on average. So another big key, and this is the most frustrating part, because trust me, it really hurts when you put a lot of effort into tracking, which is a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. You put a lot of like effort because eating very little, being hungry sucks. Like it is very hard. You have to have a ton of willpower to stick through hunger. In the end, hunger always wins but it's hard to push through it. So trust me, I can empathize with this. It is frustrating as hell to hear like, I put all this effort, all this time, whatever. And you're telling me that it's, I'm doing it wrong. 
all these weeks, these months, whatever, it hurts, but it probably should. It sucks. And I know I can empathize yeah. with that, but it, it's a, it's better to now, would you rather know the truth or would you rather keep yeah. running into the same wall over and mm -hmm. over and over again? Yeah. Right. That's what it usually boils down to. And we talk a lot about on here, like the concept of broken systems, the system mm -hmm. of the 1200 calorie diet or this idea that you have to eat as little as possible to lose weight, that is a broken belief system that is so broken and so wrong. It's not, yep. you're not broken. It's not that you weren't putting in the work. That's not what we're saying at all. It's this actually does not work, is not sustainable. And you could still put in just as much work as the next person, but you're putting a lot of work into a broken system. 100%. Yeah. So it's, and that's the frustrating part, but I think that should be the comforting piece to that is would you rather bite the bullet, but now be like, oh damn, like I know the truth. I can actually use this to now make progress. Or would you rather keep using that broken system to further those damaging kind of pathways, yeah. which is ultimately, I think more freeing in a way. Now, another argument. So there's the couple that we just brought up. Here's the next one I think is more valid before we get into kind of like, what do you do in these situations? Cause I think we were talking and I hate putting on absolutes. I do not like speaking in absolutes. So I don't like saying, ah, you should never eat under 1500 or 1800 or any magic number. But I'm mean, just speaking anecdotally, even myself, I've never taken a client, even the smallest, the less active individual, even past 1500 calories. And even that was a more extreme, very adverse situation that doesn't happen often at all. So these numbers are very low in regardless. We're going to tell you how it's more than possible to eat significantly more and still see that progress. Yeah. I mean, I'm not right. an absolute kind of person either. I can be with some things that I feel strongly about. This is one of them. I will be complete. I'll, I'll set like, no, don't eat 1200 calories a day. Unless if you have a health condition issue in which you simply cannot, like if you are a healthy adult, simply do not eat 1200 calories a day. That's it. I guess oh, I will say that I'm like not a big fan of absolutes, but it's like, so I'll never say you should never eat under yeah. whatever, but 1200 is just like, there's no good reason to do so ever. No. There might be a reason, but it's probably a terribly bad reason. There's not a good reason for it. So that's an absolute. It's just, it's some of those things that we want to jump in. So the next one that you hear is this metabolic damage a broken metabolism that people still, and it's a myth. And I think people understand it's a myth that you can't break your metabolism. They hear that, they know that, but then they'll still use it as reasoning elsewhere. And I see this a lot of the time in this scenario where people are like, man, I can't eat less than that. I, I can't lose weight unless I'm eating that low. It's because I've done this so long. I have a damaged or broken metabolism. How many times have you heard that thrown around? All the time. There are pieces of genetics where some people do have faster metabolic rates than the next. So you may have yeah. to adjust for that, account for that, do it. But you did, you don't break, like you don't break I was gonna ask your you, I was going to ask you this. Like you still have a perfectly based functioning on the, metabolism. Based on the definition of what metabolism is, and I think that's the funniest part is people that use those terms typically don't know what metabolism actually is. Can you break that or would you die if it was broken? You would die. It's all of the metabolic processes going on in your body at once. Like If you broke it, it would not be good. <laughs> it would yeah, not be good. There is fat metabolism, alcohol metabolism, carbohydrate metabolism, so many different types of metabolism. If your metabolism was broken, you would literally 
be dead. Now there are certain substrates, yeah. enzymes, hormones that control metabolism, help regulate it, that people with hormonal imbalances, thyroid issues, like genetic history yeah. can alter the metabolic rate. It may be a little bit harder for you to lose weight than the next person. And you should really count for that in your program who you're working with, but it's still working. Yes. There's some things that can be optimized or that aren't optimized. Yeah. I want to point this out too. No one's at any fault for thinking this no. because I think the main problem is the people who preach it, the educators, the people, the trainers, the coaches that use it all the time. You see coaches use this all the time. So we're not blaming if you're like, well, I think I do have a broken metabolism. That's not your fault because it's not your job to know what a metabolism is. It's not your job to know any of that. It's not. No. It's the problem is the coaches, the people who are saying, oh, it's simple. It's because you have a broken metabolism. It's because you have a damaged metabolism. Metabolic adaptation is real. If you consistently eat less food, if you're losing weight consistently, your metabolism typically tends to adapt lower with there being less of you there, mm -hmm. right? It adapts lower. People will misconstrue this and turn it up and pretend that you can have a metabolic adaptation to the point where you need to starve yourself to lose. And that's where it becomes a problem is metabolic adaptation is a term and is a real thing. It's not nearly to the extent that people think, I think at least people think it is. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Yeah. It is real. Your metabolism adapts. It changes. It does. The, and this is a good thing, right? It should. Yeah. It, it should. That would mean you're working properly, but it's not going to get in the way to where you need to starve yourself to eat. If only we had some sort of experiment where we could highlight this and show people, oh, wait, there is. But it's actually kind of a darker, gruesome one. Yes. The darker, gruesome that one. That would not now, ever happen one thing, today. Ever. That was what never I was going to say, because today, here's the hard part, because you can't starve people for part of a study. You can't do that today. No, it's against it's the code you can't of just ethics. Say, you can't do it. We're going to starve you to observe. You can't do that. That's why there's not. So people are like, where's the studies? Where's the research? There's not a ton because you can't say we're going to starve people. But this darker piece. This is, okay, d separate episode. Do people even understand what it takes to get a study approved? People just think, oh, well, just go, just go show it. Just go, mm. Actually, that'd be very interesting. I think people would actually like that to actually go through what it takes to put together and the challenging pieces it does to actually put on a study. Like it's not, oh, let's do a study on this. Yeah. Start it tomorrow. Times <laughs> no, it gets denied by yeah. the IRB. Oh my God, I have PTSD. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> now, luckily for us, unluckily for them, that was a bad segue into this point. There was a starvation theory before this. And this is one of the more extreme studies on human metabolism that was ever conducted. Now, this was called the Minnesota Starvation Experiments. Now, this was started, I think, in 1944, 1944, at the end of World War II. And its purpose was to discover the healthiest way to help millions of starving people in Europe return to a normal body weight after World War II. This was the purpose of the study. So it was with good intention. Now, you can guess this study started by starving people for real, like actually starving people. It, it was 36 normal weight volunteers. And I want to put volunteers in quote unquote, because this was during wartime and this was in a POW camp. And they wanted to recreate that experience where what they had them do was several hours of manual label, labor every single day and march 22 miles per week on a diet that provided about 50% of their average expenditure. So marching 22 miles a week, manual labor hours a day, and feeding them less than 50% of that energy expenditure. And it didn't look good because this went on for six months. 
This went on for six months, right? So this is more than enough time to observe these kind of changes. Now you can guess if you were taking in that little while doing so much for six months, and this is under extreme conditions where it wasn't just like a, Hey, can you eat less? And we'll just ask you how you did later. And we'll just trust that you did it. This was in extreme conditions where we can guarantee for six months, these individuals didn't do this. And I wish we could throw, and we might be able to throw a picture up of what most of these people looked like. Cause some had almost starved to death. One had even actually cut off his fingers before the end of the study to eat because they were that starving. And these people were skin and bones mm -hmm. at the very end of this. Now, and this is what the study was actually meant to do. They tested their metabolic rates after this six months. Now, if this theory was true, these individuals for that long, their metabolism would be broken in, under this theory, right? Under this theory. Do you think it was? No, it was about 20% lower than normal. And within 12 weeks of eating at a normal calorie intake afterwards, their metabolic rate was 100% back to normal. Yeah. 100% back to normal and 20% is not that much after those extreme conditions. I promise you eating 1200 calories a few days per week and doing an hour of cardio is not going to be close to what this was observing. So this is one of the most, and it sucks that it had to happen, but sometimes it takes those extreme conditions to get people to realize you don't have a broken metabolism. Like you might be hungry as hell, which is a problem, but you're not broken. I think that should be the comforting part of this is you're not broken. Yeah. I talk about consistency all the time. I'm not talking about, oh, think about the two or three days a week where you eat 1200 calories or even I eat 1200 calories on the weekdays. You choose the days that you do it. No, we're talking about literally every single day consistently not taking a break. Maybe you it's do that problem. one day or every now and then. And yeah. that's what you report. Like. That's with all this being said, because it's, it's, again, I feel like it sounds annoying coming off of telling you why you're wrong, why you're wrong without, and we're here for, we're a solutions company, right? We're solution. That's what we want to do. So we want you to listen to this. We want you to hear it and say, okay, if what I'm doing is not working, there must be a problem. Let's identify that problem yeah. because that's the only way you're going to get past it, right? Not by doing the same thing over and over again. So it could be any number of these things, right? Likely it's because we're thinking in terms of action, not interaction. We're not taking into account the cognitive bias of maybe if we were being a hundred percent honest, we weren't being as consistent as we thought we were. Maybe we might not have fine tuned the skill of tracking as well as we thought we did, right? Maybe we don't have metabolic damage because you don't, but maybe we don't, maybe there's another problem there. And this is really hard to do because from a mental standpoint, especially for people going through any sort of eating disorder, it is the most uncomfortable feeling in the head to think I need to eat more food in order to lose weight. That seems backwards from what everyone's thought, right? Like that's the, probably the biggest hurdle is mental. Would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't even think that this con like eating disorder shouldn't even be included in this conversation because it's so severe and so serious. Yeah. You have so many other levels of even getting yourself to eat in general. If that is you, there are people that can guide you. Like you need handholding and yeah. there is like a lot of mental hurdles that, but. And that's okay. Yeah. If you do a thousand percent, most people need help to accomplish big things. Yeah. That's okay. And this is a big thing. Like it's a big thing. So the mental hurdle of just trying to conceptualize, because and this is part of the sucky part of social media is because there's a lack of context. 
you hear calorie deficit, eat less food, calorie deficit, 1200 calorie, what I eat in a day, like, right. Eat less, do more, keep doing that. So the thought of eating more to lose weight is just broken, but here's why, because again, you might be thinking in terms of action, not interaction, because let's do just like a small example of someone who thinks they're eating 1200 calories a day, coming in, struggling, struggling, struggling. I've had clients like this in the past, right? Taking them. And this is why is because in their head, they're eating 1200 calories a day. In reality, they're eating closer to like 14 to 1500 calories per day, still starving, eating closer to three, 4,000 calories on the weekends, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, because of alcohol, fatties, foods, things like this that are way easy to overconsume. That's what they're really yeah. doing. But in their head is 1200 simply increasing their intake to something more sustainable. And I don't want to throw out numbers because you're different and you need something yeah. specific to you, but increasing that individual from 1200 as a goal to 18, 19, 2000 calories a day. They're like, no, 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 I'm going to gain weight. But let's think in terms of interactions being at, let's say 2000 calories per day. You can do that seven days a week because you're not hungry. You're not starving all day. You actually can fuel yourself and feel good. You have energy. You can do that for months and still make progress. You can perform better in the gym. All these interactions, all those things that were limiting you, you're now feeling great, which is allowing you to stick to it longer, which is what matters in the first yeah. place. And people say, I personally hate the willpower, like just even saying like talking about willpower because it's personally, it's my opinion. It's not about the willpower. It's what can I do to have control, control over my decisions, yes. feeling empowered by my decisions, feeling like I am making them every little tiny decision for me, for my goals, what I'm doing, being in the driver's seat. What can I do to put me in the driver's seat, have the most control over my eating decisions as possible? If it's severely under eating a few days a week, that is not putting mm -hmm. you in the driver's seat the next three days a week because then you have that really, really high hunger. Your body needs it. You lose the conscious control. So when you yeah. are around the pizza, you are around the alcohol, the junk food, whatever, which is all delicious, you don't know how to have it in moderation. And that's when this yeah. cycle continues. Oh, well, these foods are bad. These foods make me fat. These foods aren't good. I can't have them. Yeah. No, you have no control over how you eat these foods. That's the issue. I freaking love that. That's a hundred. It's reframing that problem. Yeah. It's not the lack of willpower. Cause I think, and tell me if you agree with this, it's like, you shouldn't have to rely on sheer willpower no. to accomplish a goal because it shouldn't be that hard. And this is a thing. <laughs> no, it shouldn't be that hard in the first place. So if you notice, and this is not just for people eating 1200 calories, this is for anyone in their diet anyone. and their training who are like, I really heavily rely on willpower and I'm proud of myself for that. Just, I'm going to say this. Most people if you're relying on willpower are going to fail, Yeah. no matter how motivated you are, no matter if it's for a wedding, no, what, whatever, if you have to constantly rely on willpower, you're relying on that. Yeah. You're not relying on the control, like you just said, mm -hmm. and that's going to lead to falling yeah. off. It's going to eventually, if it's not today, if it's not this week, it's next week. If you're constantly relying on willpower, big red flag first of like, I need to change my approach mm -hmm. is what you're saying. And that control is a big piece because it's, it's something that I think most people think is unattainable. Yeah. Would you agree? Like, I think if you don't have it, it doesn't feel realistic. To As a person who definitely felt like that around food after a lot of restriction, like someone, I, this is like my biggest pet peeve is when you tell someone actively trying to treat binging or involved in it and that to just stop eating or like, Hey, like you should think like, it's like, 
I don't even know what you mean. I don't even know what it feels like. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I don't know what, I don't remember what it feels like to have control around food. So like, there's yeah. a lot of work leading up to that. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing. Mm-mm. But again, this willpower idea means on the other end of it, you have something that you have to have willpower for. So food should not give you that much like worry and fear and feel like, okay, Mm-mm. I really have to, I really have to stop myself from eating this. Like I have to, am I going to have willpower today? Am I not? Like, no, no, you, you need to be in the driver's seat. thousand <laughs> percent. Yeah. You need to be in a place which, and I think that's a really good point because it's easy to say something when you're not going. That's why I really appreciate people who have gone through something when they teach something outside of just the knowledge piece. Cause there's things that are different going through it than you could ever imagine learning yeah, about. Yeah. And it's like, it is one of those things where it's like, if you tell someone that that word doesn't mean anything, right? Anything. The word being said carries a different meaning than it is being received. Mm-hmm. You could relay this to any change of framing and you've had in your life. Cause I think people go through big situations, having a child, falling in love for the first time, things that they thought were impossible to start with that became possible. Think of those times in your life, I think would really help. Think of those times. Yeah. It's happened to everybody where something that you previously thought was impossible, you now see is very possible. Think of those times. It's because you literally, you could not see a single way that could happen, but then you change your frame. Mm-hmm. You see it's yeah. possible. So if you're hearing it, And you're like, that's just, it's impossible. It's not real. Realize that sometimes it takes changing perspective and seeing other ways, which is way easier said than done. But I think you're perfectly right. Like it's, if it's not connecting, like realize it's out there. And if you are like listening to this as a coach, if you are a trainer, anyone working with anyone on weight loss diet, never, if someone has a history of binging, doesn't have much control over food, lots of yo-yo dieting. Don't even bring up the goal of having control, feeling like you can just control yourself, have those foods and have control around them. Let's think about how we can use strategies to set them up for success. Do we know that kind of feeling really hungry is a pattern? Let's have them track their hunger. Let's see the days where they're more hungry than others. Are there patterns we can connect so we don't have to tell them, hey, when you're really hungry, a little bit stressed, you keep having binge eating episodes. It's no, they can connect the dots of, oh, today I was really hungry. And I also knew I did nothing for my mental health. And I over, I thought I was going to overeat. I overate. like allowing yeah. them to connect those dots themselves so they can see them, prevent them. Cause that's all control. That's all control. Yeah. So it's hard on both. It's difficult on both ends. As a coach, and this is not yet yeah, separate from 1200 calories. If you're a coach and you consistently notice like a client or an individual is consistently running into the same problem, just saying to have more control or to stick to it or to reprioritize things like that. That's not the problem. You're going to keep running into that same wall. Mm-hmm. Realize it's everyone is so different. Their psychology is so different. It might just be, they have a blind spot and something there is not clicking. Change the approach. Yeah. If you're a coach, it's not as simple as, they just, they don't have the willpower. They're not sticking to it. They don't, they can't have the adherence that it takes. There's a reason for mm-hmm. that. There's a big reason for that. So I think that's an important thing to note as well. Yeah. If you're always running into the same problem with somebody, it might not be them. It might be the approach. Yeah. Did we piece together every piece that we wanted to talk about for 1200? Yeah, I think so. And anything that's that universal treats everyone as the same. So keep that in mind because it's a universal diet goal. So that means mm. that, okay, I am the same as the person sitting next to me. They have the same, you have the same needs, same, 
Everything. Red flag. Yeah, huge red, red flag. flag. <laughs> We're big and bad. Labor. That's what we should have named the show is just red flags. That'd be a good episode. So hopefully that gave you some insights. I think we got freaking in. We were feeling flow state. <laughs> so thank you all for staying to the end. That was a fun one. Y'all know where to find us. We're very thankful of you. FS.pod on our Instagram, on TikTok. Fitness stuff for normal people available on all listening platforms and on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Click that bell. And as always, we appreciate the five-star reviews. We really, really do. Mariana's going to go my mouth. take an Advil for her cheeks. <laughs> and I'm going to go turn on my AC because that was annoying the microphone. But we hope you have a productive day. And as always, we, as in Mariana and I, right? Yes. Love. You. You. <laughs> Bye.